Hello, this is Nigdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 19th of January. India reported a little over 10,000 new COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours, which is the lowest spike in a single day since the second week of June. 137 new deaths were recorded, taking the total number of deaths to above 1,52,000. Over 3,81,000 people have been inoculated three days into the country's inoculation drive. The country reported 580 adverse reactions, out of which seven individuals were hospitalized. Three cases in Delhi, two in Karnataka and one each in Uttarakhand and Chhattisgarh. Two people have reportedly died due to heart-related ailments after getting their shots, but neither of the deaths have been linked to the vaccine yet. On Tuesday, Serum Institute of India shipped as many as 30 boxes of Covishield from its facility in Pune to Hyderabad in Telangana. The Indian government has also issued a fresh letter of intent to Bharat Biotech for another 45 lakh doses of Covaxin. The Hyderabad-based firm has already supplied 55 lakh doses so far. Out of the 45 lakh doses that the government has ordered, over 8 lakh will be supplied to countries such as Mauritius, the Philippines and Myanmar for free as a gesture of goodwill. Bharat Biotech in its fact sheet, meanwhile, issued an advisory that said that Covaxin should not be given to those who have any history of allergies, fever, bleeding disorder or people who are on a blood thinner. It also included those who are immunocompromised or are on a medicine that affects their immune system and also if they are pregnant or breastfeeding or those who have received another COVID-19 vaccine. The company has also asked people who have any other serious health-related issues as determined by the vaccinator or officer supervising the vaccination to avoid getting vaccinated with Covaxin. The Serum Institute of India has advised people with severe allergies to any ingredients of Covishield to avoid getting inoculated by it. In other news, Covin, the app developed by the Centre to ensure smooth vaccination process began malfunctioning on Friday. Due to this, attempts by immunization centres to inform beneficiaries about the time that they were supposed to receive the vaccine shots failed. Sources have said that not all of the 20,700 people scheduled to receive the vaccine on the first day got their shots because of the glitches in Covin. The farmers' protest at the borders of Delhi entered the 55th day today. Thousands of farmers, especially from Punjab and Haryana, are staging a sit-in protest along the Delhi borders. Through the protests, which started on November 26 last year, the farmers are demanding a complete rollback of the new farm laws and a legal guarantee on the minimum support price or MSP. The recently appointed Supreme Court Committee, which comprised of members who have openly shown support for the new farm laws, met for the first time today. The Apex Court on January 11th had stayed the implementation of the three laws till further orders and appointed the four-member committee to resolve the impasse. One of the members, Bharti Kisan Union President Bhupinder Singh Man, had recused himself from the committee. The farmers had respectfully but outrightly rejected the committee, raising questions about the committee members and their pro-government inclinations. A key committee member, Anil Ghanwat, said today that members of the Supreme Court-appointed panel will not let their personal views on these acts come in the way of their deliberations with various stakeholders. The tenth round of talks between the government and representatives of the protesting farmers, meanwhile, has been pushed by a day to January 20th, with the centre saying that both sides want to resolve the stalemate at the earliest, but it was getting delayed due to involvement of people with other ideologies. Congress leader Rahul Gandhi, meanwhile, alleged today that the centre's new farm laws are designed to destroy the agriculture sector. He asserted that the only solution to the farmers' issue is to repeal the legislations. 
In other related news, condemning the NIA notices to several farmers and their supporters, Punjab Chief Minister Captain Amrinder Singh said yesterday that such arm-twisting tactics would not weaken the resolve of the farmers to fight for their rights and their future. He said, and I quote, Do these farmers look like secessionists and terrorists? Unquote. He accused the government of resorting to reprehensible and oppressive tactics and intimidatory actions in its desperation to undermine the fighting spirit of the peacefully protesting farmers. Yesterday, the Supreme Court had said that the proposed tractor rally on Republic Day by the protesting farmers, which the centre had said would become an embarrassment to the nation, is a law and order matter. The top court said that the Delhi police, which functions directly under the Union Home Ministry, is the first authority to decide who should be allowed to enter the national capital. On January 11th, Attorney General K.K. Venugopal had told the Supreme Court that Khalistanis had infiltrated the farmers' protests along the Delhi borders. Venugopal had said that an affidavit would be filed in this regard based on inputs from the Intelligence Bureau. While the court did ask Venugopal to prove his allegation that the Khalistan story, which began as a baseless claim pushed by sections of the mainstream media, has found its way to the highest court of India in the first place is astounding. The theory claims that groups campaigning for the secession of Punjab and the formation of a Sikh homeland, Khalistan, are orchestrating the farmers' protest. Three days ago, the National Investigation Agency, or NIA, summoned and slapped notices on several prominent people involved in the protest. But this theory did not come out of nowhere. Incredibly, it seems to have originated in Pakistan. And sections of the Indian media, Hindutva groups and even the Bharatiya Janata Party picked it up unquestioningly. That was an excerpt from my colleague Nidhi Suresh's latest media report on how sections of the media and the BJP have peddled this conspiracy theory for two months now without offering a shred of concrete evidence. It is titled, Pakistan's ISPR made up a story of Khalistani hand in the farmers' protest. Indian media lapped it up. You'll find the report on our website, newslaundry.com. And before I move on to the next news story, here is a small request for you. After you're done listening to this podcast, please do spare a few minutes to check out our website and all the ground reports that we have been publishing. Give them a read and if you're satisfied that we're doing a good job, please do consider subscribing to News Laundry. And I'm asking you this because we are 100% free of advertisements, meaning we only count on people like you who understand the importance of keeping news independent to support us and to help us stay afloat. So go to newslaundry.com and hit that subscribe button on the top right corner. A monthly subscription costs as low as 300 rupees only. The following news story contains details of violence. Please consider this a trigger warning. Three people were detained today in Mahoba district of Uttar Pradesh for allegedly raping and killing an 18-year-old girl whose body was found hanging from a tree. The three accused, identified as Rohit Bhupendra and Tarun, have been booked under charges of rape and the SCST Prevention of Atrocities Act based on a complaint filed by the girl's mother. The police said that the victim was allegedly gang-raped and murdered by the three men who had been harassing her for a while. The girl, a class 12 student, had gone to buy groceries on Saturday last week but did not return home. The victim's family has alleged that she was being harassed by a youth in her locality. At least 40 people have been arrested in Gujarat's Kutch district after three cases were filed to look into the violence that occurred day before yesterday. Several people were injured in the clash that broke out between members of two communities on Sunday evening. The violence occurred during a rally organised by the Vishwa Hindu Parishad to collect funds for the construction of the Ram Temple in Ayodhya. After the incident, the body of a man was found about 200 metres from the clash site. The police are trying to ascertain if he was killed during the violence. 
One of the complaints filed by a cop who was injured during the incident says, and I quote, loud religious slogans were raised that provoked another community, leading to clashes with swords and sticks and arson, unquote. The local superintendent of police, Mayur Patel, said that the police had to use tear gas shells to control the situation. According to an exclusive report by NDTV, China has built a new village consisting of 101 homes in Arunachal Pradesh, about 4.5 kilometres within Indian territory. The news organisation reported the matter citing satellite imagery from Planet Labs, a private US-based imaging company. The village is located on the banks of Sarichu River in Upper Subansari district, an area along the line of actual control. This was the same area where five people were detained by Chinese troops last September. Comparing the two satellite images provided by Planet Labs, NDTV reported that the village had been built sometime in the past 15 months. The first image from August 26, 2019 did not show any construction activity, while the second from November 1, 2020 depicted the village with dozens of rows of small and medium-sized structures and roads. In a guarded response to the questions sent by NDTV, the foreign ministry did not challenge the satellite images. The ministry said instead that it closely monitors all developments affecting national security and acts to safeguard territorial integrity. It added, and I quote, Our government too has stepped up border infrastructure, including the construction of roads, bridges, etc., which has provided much-needed connectivity to the local population along the border. Unquote. Congress leader Rahul Gandhi today took to Twitter to make a jibe at the Prime Minister Narendra Modi over the report. Gandhi asked people to remember Narendra Modi's promise that he would not let the country bow down. Congress leader Randeep Surjewala also mocked the Prime Minister, referring to his supposed 56-inch chest. He asked the Prime Minister if the central government would act against the Chinese incursions. The danger of China's increasingly unacceptable, even rogue international conduct has become clear to different stakeholders in the international community. However, there are signs of a pushback against the Chinese hegemonic designs from the larger part of the world. This pushback and not random acts of backlash may well be one of the more significant subtexts to how global politics will unfold. In his column titled How 2020 Saw Countries Finding Their Own Reasons to Be Wary of China's Ambitions, Anand Vardhan writes, and I quote, It's the rank opportunism it showed in a period of global misery that alerted the world to the actual nature of its current regime's hegemonic designs. While it sought to consolidate the economic edge that it had after belatedly acknowledging the nature of the pandemic, its military adventurism against neighbours like India was timed to drive home the advantage. Unquote. You can read the complete article on our website, newslaundry.com. And now for some international updates. COVID-19 has infected over 95.6 million people around the world, out of which more than 2 million have died. According to an interim report by a World Health Organization panel, governments and public health organizations around the world responded slowly and ineffectually to the coronavirus outbreak. The report, which is an early blueprint for accountability, questions the faulty assumptions, ineffective planning and sluggish responses that helped fuel the pandemic. The panel, led by Helen Clark, the former Prime Minister of New Zealand, and Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, the former President of Liberia, is still conducting the investigation. But the interim report laying out the scope of its inquiry made clear that the world needs to rethink its approach to outbreaks. The panel called the pandemic alert system slow, cumbersome and indecisive. While most countries around the world are struggling with new lockdowns and layoffs during the pandemic, only one major economy has bounced back after bringing COVID-19 under control – China. The country's economy grew by 2.3% last year, according to its National Bureau of Statistics. 
By contrast, the US, Japan and many nations in Europe are expected to report sharp downfalls in output. However, despite the good news for China, the growth figures were still the lowest in 40 years. Meanwhile, Australia's health secretary has said that the country was unlikely to fully reopen its borders in 2021 despite vaccination efforts and pressure from the tourism industry. American President Trump, on the other hand, ordered to end the ban on travellers from Europe and Brazil that had been aimed to stopping the spread of coronavirus in the US that has seen more than 400,000 deaths so far. Trump's move was quickly rejected by supporters of President-elect Joe Biden, who said that he will rescind the decision when he takes office tomorrow. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.